Welcome back to another episode of 52 and 52, a podcast where we watch at least one movie a week for every week in the year and record an episode about it. Today we're going to be talking about Call Me By Your Name. Uh, it's a movie that uh, just got a wide release. Um, it's directed by a guy who I can't really pronounce his last name, Luca Guadagnino. That's Guada- close, close enough. Nino? I've never seen any of his other movies, so I uh, this was the first one I've seen. Stars Army Ammer. Timothy Chalamet, Michael Stuhlbarg, and then a bunch of like uh, I guess like Italian people, actors, actresses. But we or, haven't really or French people pretending uh, to be Italian. Sure, sure, yeah, let's speak Italian. Um, and it, I think did I read that the screenplay is by like a ninety-year-old dude? And wrote yeah, this so James Ivory, who film buffs that are like more film historians than us know him as like a really like longtime classic filmmaker, like worked with a producer named someone merchant and he and so there's all these films from like the 70s called merchant ivory films um mm. like classics and he so he he's like directed two in the past but he's like like 80 wrote this thing when he was like 88 years old so it's kind of like his probably like his last hurrah for like doing something that's like <laughs> yeah. making a big splash and yeah. ironically enough that's the one other movie from this guy i've seen a bigger splash uh, oh okay so. yeah i haven't I've, i know that movie but i haven't seen any of james ivory's other movies so like the the plot I guess it's it's not even like a plot heavy movie it's basically like uh Timothy Chalamet lives in Italy for the summer with his dad who's like a professor of like history or something or archaeology like or, or shit. Yeah. historic stuff um and then Army Hammer's like an exchange student that's coming around for like a 6 weeks in the summer to like basically be like a TA to the, not even TA but like a grad assistant, assistant to this yeah. guy basically um and it sort of just like explores like love and relationships and friendship and stuff. Like it's like 1983, I think they said Italy is the setting for the movie. Correct. Um, and yeah, uh, this movie is getting a lot of hype before it came out. Um, I think we both like Tim. I think I've only seen Chalamet and Lady Bird. I'm not. Have I seen him in anything else? In Homeland. Oh God! He's season two. Yeah. He's he's Finn in season two. Of yeah, yeah, so it's, yeah. It's kind of hilarious that he's becoming a bit of an A-list actor after literally just being yeah. known as Finn from Homeland for the first yeah. five years of his career. Yeah, he was in a movie oh. on Netflix that I think you might enjoy called Miss Stevens last year that didn't really sure. get released at all anywhere. But he's really good in that, just playing like a high school kid that goes on a theater field trip and has a weird relationship with the teacher, but is very troubled at the same time. Very so like he, but yeah he's just he's just now kind of breaking out you know so yeah um all right so what do you think did you like it um does it deserve all the critical acclaim that it's getting I think so I really enjoyed it I I saw it for the second time last Saturday because I, I it got to me a lot sooner than it got to you and at least you were it, in New York it, when you saw it though weren't you No I saw it, Tanya in New York I, uh, I saw this is this was in one theater in Boca Raton in the middle of December so I went to it then and I just and you just it just took forever to get to you so I was like I yeah. I, I, I kind of wanted to watch it again anyway because I think it's a film that probably rewards you on every single rewatch because there's a lot going on that's not explicit and is left unsaid and things are implied about the relationship between these two characters but also just you're having to kind of study what's going on with these people as they kind of circle each other for lack of a better term for the first mm-hmm. half of the movie and I, I i remember enjoying the experience the first time and thinking this is a lot to process i probably need to see it again anyway and at the same time it's a two hour and 20 minute movie and i thought is this going to hold up for me on a second viewing to go watch something that's this long 
where not a ton happens like stuff happens but it's a lot of more sitting around and about being yeah. absorbed in the atmosphere sure. and is that the kind of movie that's going to really hold up well for me on a second viewing and i definitely thought it did i i i was just as into it the second time and got a ton out of it and it's just a I mean, you don't see a ton of well-done um, romances on screen in general these days. I mean, the, the rom-coms mm. a genre that passes us by, and really how many movies have, can you think of that we've talked about in the two and a half years we've been doing this podcast where it's just, just a romance, um, yeah. but not, a, not even a comedy? We've done some rom-coms. There's not a yeah. ton. So it's still a unique premise, even if it's not the most complex plot. And I really enjoyed it. And before I get too into it, I want to and rambled too much i'd like to turn it over to you because i think it's a bigger deal for you because uh you really like this movie and you haven't really liked a lot of movies in the last year yeah no this was like i i think safe to say the best movie that was released in 2017 um i there are like two or three others that i really really like but i i'm not sure that they would if, if you watch them like back to back to back i'm not sure you could say that they're better than call me by your name was um and I, I didn't really know what to expect going in because I don't even think you and I talked about it. I briefly I told think... you I briefly told you it was good and I didn't really say yeah. much else. Yeah. Um but no, I really liked it. Uh it's just like a really well done movie in like every aspect. The acting, visually, uh, pacing, like the music. Like, yeah, the music was amazing. Um well I'm sure we'll talk about that, but yeah. like the thing that you said that really stands out is it, it's just it's this is a movie that nails subtlety right and mm -hmm. and there are points in the movie that aren't subtle but like intentionally so and and we've we've seen so many movies where we talked about like yeah i think even the post where it's just like everything is just like told to you right and it's just sometimes you just want to i think you use the word absorb and sometimes you just want to like sit there and like absorb the atmosphere of the movie and just take it in and yeah the movie is two hours and 20 minutes and i i think there were like two or three times where i thought it was going to end and I was like, oh, that would have been good. But then every time that that happened, it just got better for the next 10 or 15 minutes. So, yeah, uh, I, I really, really, really like this movie. Um, God, I think there, there's so much to talk about with it, though. <laughs> I'm, uh, trying, I'm trying to decide uh, where to start. I'll, I'll start first by saying, and normally we kind of, we, we'll, we'll, later in the podcast, we would just kind of talk about performances and mm -hmm. kind of go down one by one. And it's just like a thing to check off the boxes at the end. But I, I kind of do want to start with Timothy Chalamet because uh, he plays this character, Elio, who is, like you, like you said at the beginning, he's just, first of all, he lives in the summers and in the holidays in a, Italian, a northern Italian villa with his family. And he's a musical prodigy, and he speaks fluent Italian. And in theory, like, this is a character that could just seem like a pretentious douche. Uh, yeah. for lack of a better term. And for sure. I think just the fact that he doesn't, I mean, obviously credit goes to the writing for that, but I think, uh, I think a lot of credit goes to the actor too, that you don't really find him insufferable and he's just kind of a, he's more of an affable presence, even though he is a kid that really has the whole world handed to him on a silver platter. And uh, he's not just like some bratty teen, but at the same time, he's not, he, 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 you learn throughout the movie that he's extremely intelligent, but he's not necessarily as emotionally mature and it's sure. it, it's it's his story it's it's both of their stories but it's it's slightly more his story so you have to enjoy spending time with him and enjoy seeing things from his perspective and by how he acts in the actions that he takes throughout the movie in in relation to Oliver and I think that that's um and just how he approaches it and I think that's probably the most important starting point and um I I, we're, I don't think we were 
Oh no, we we, we okay that that was once we got on the pod. We talked about how <laughs> Timothy Chalamet such he got cast in it like when he was 17 too like it was like the movie was like yeah. three years in the work so like luca guadagnino cast him based on like a conversation he had he didn't even make him read for the part he just like met <laughs> with him when this kid had done nothing besides been thin on homeland and was like all right cool it'll be you and they kept waiting for a summer where the financing would come together for like three years and like he stuck with him as the guy and i don't know if you saw this but apparently at one point um shia labeouf was attached to it and that would make it a totally different movie <laughs> would, um, yo he could pull it off though i think so i think so and um he's crazy enough to 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 pull it off but it's just funny that he's a much more established actor who had done as some... elio not as army's character uh oh no no oh no no it wasn't elio it was army sorry i'm getting confused is that yeah he was so it was, shia it was, it was, was gonna be he was, gonna be, army he was yeah right he was gonna be army okay. so i got that confused yeah. in my head for a second uh may read with him at one point got um it. so well, but my, my point being also that they like they, they were cycling people in and out but he, he did stick with may and i think i definitely paid off and he's the youngest youngest oscar nominee since like 1939 so uh yeah props to him i don't know yeah, uh, uh, yeah so if where you want to so, go from that or is there anything <laughs> else that's jumping out to yeah, you after yeah. hearing me talk about that yeah so the thing is is that he he sort of is this ge- like not generic but like he definitely could have been this like arrogant know-it-all person but and the thing is he has like the same traits as those like characters in movies and and film and and tv whatever but the the thing that makes it different is that he doesn't care about that like and he there's like a line in the movie where he's like i think he says what if only you knew how little I knew about, I know about the stuff that matters. Right. And so like, you're just seeing this kid who like, you know, he has all this intellect and all this knowledge and like, he has every reason to sort of be like so arrogant about life. And he's still like unsatisfied and just like, or dissatisfied and like, well, that's largely, yeah. He's acknowledging the fact that he is like, well, he's still kind of coming to terms and figuring out his sexuality at that point. And, he, like you can't really, you can only fake it so much uh yeah. when it's like hey i think yeah. i i think i'm i i i might have feelings for men and he he, he can't he can't pretend like he knows it all because he really doesn't have experience with that kind of stuff but yeah. but he's not going to come out right out and say yeah. it because that's it's not something you would do True. in that situation and i think that especially gets the, i think the setting right they sort of made it a point like 1983 you don't just like you're not your people just aren't really like gay like that like out in the public and Et cetera, et cetera. And that talk, but, and that's the subtlety you're talking yeah. about. That scene's a pretty. Yeah. I mean, that's a really coolly shot scene, uh, yeah. where they're walking around that structure in the middle of that Italian uh, mm-hmm. village. But yeah. uh, there's a lot going on there without a ton being said, and that's yeah. the main thing that we're talking about that this movie does so yeah. well. Yeah, and and it's interesting because like he's still, I think you said like coming together, like coming like maturity, his emotional maturity, but he he is mature enough at the same time to know like there are things I don't know. Right. And there's sort of like a, a, a humble approach to like, I, 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 he's like craving to know more about like these things he's feeling. And he doesn't really understand yet. Right. Right. And he's sort of like trying to express that as delicately as he can. And I think that's where the army Her- hammer character comes in because he, he knows a lot of what Elio is saying. He doesn't know. And, uh, he, the character is only supposed to be 24. That's, that's something that some people have criticized about is that like the yeah. age difference looks a lot bigger than it should be because Army Hammer can pass is really is like 30 something and Chalamet is like 23 but 22 but can pass for like 16 probably. Mm-hmm. Um, but regardless, that didn't bother me that much with the film. But my point being that like he does come across as someone that's a, a much older and the character has clearly like dealt with some of this stuff in the past. He's he he keeps hinting at the fact that look. 
yes, there's something here, but I, I know it's not good for me to give into that. And he, he, he knows, he pretty much knows everything Elio is saying he doesn't know. And he's having to come to grips with, do I kind of give into my more primal impulses here? And yeah. it's, he, he does a good job of kind of portraying that internal struggle that, uh, Oliver's going through. Yeah. And he's like, and and he's also in like a precarious position, right? Because like he's working for this kid's dad, That's right? It. And he's like on ho- he's not even like on holiday. He's, he's a just student. Like, he's like yeah. he's like in classes, and if you're yeah, trying to get his like graduate degree, and like you know he's living at the the parents' house, and and so he sort of like understands the complexity of the situation, mm-hmm. like you said, and that's sort of why. Elio is attracted to him because he knows he sort of like has this knowledge that he can pass down to him or sort of like guide him toward whatever he's seeking. And, and I don't know, just the way they, the way it all like happens, like uh, I mentioned pace earlier, like the movie didn't jump the gun on anything. Right. They sort of like let you feel everything that the character's feeling. Uh, and, and that really adds a lot to the movie. Right. How many times have we talked about a movie where it's, 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 a, it's a, at least part of it is a relationship that comes together way too fast and we don't really understand yeah. why. Uh, yeah. I, I, I probably can't count that on both of our hands how many times yeah. that has happened in here. And a lot of that time that's in the context of a, of a comedy or maybe it is a rom-com where there's a lot of other stuff going on. So they feel the need to go service that sure. other stuff and we'll yada yeah. yada the part where they actually yeah. get together. Side plot, side plot B, side plot C, yeah. Yeah, and here while the, there, there are some digressions in this movie, that's it's long enough and it strips away enough of that other stuff where it's like we're 90% of it is just going to be us showing you these two people coming together. Yeah, and it's, if you want to make your movie all about that and you do it well, then you have to make you, you. Then that's there's the potential for a really good movie if that's how you want to focus your story. Yeah, yeah, but Army. I think I read. I think one of the um, little like blurbs on Rotten Tomatoes. Someone said something like they long to be as free as Army Hammer was in those like dancing scenes, like when the psychedelic furs are are playing, and it's like it, it's such like a like almost generic thing to say but like it's so true you can just like see like the acting is so good and and it's hard to like appreciate it because it's not like these big dramatic speeches all the time you know but like everything uh, even him just sort of like dancing so freely was like perfect because you can it's so believable that his character would be like that and that elio is like there, like smoking a cigarette like drinking wine or whatever the fuck he's drinking just like jealous how free, how free do you think like, he is in that right. scene i hadn't thought of it in those terms but at the same time he's pretending to be really into a girl well uh, i but but i, I think, didn't know if he was i, I didn't know if he was just doing that because that's what he felt like you should be doing in that moment if you're the guy with the girl all over him but i also don't think that it's not a zero-sum game right like i think that both of them are probably still attracted to girls Right. I, right. I didn't know how much I wanted to talk about that because I wasn't sure how, what what we were supposed to make of their sure. If they, if they, uh, and, if and, we're supposed and, to think they're bisexual or, or versus sure. Gay. I but I think that the movie sort of doesn't it, it doesn't want to like take a stance. I don't want to say it doesn't want to take a stance, but like that's not the important thing. I guess it doesn't take like even if even if he's like because he gets he's getting married at the end of the movie, right, to a girl. Right. So, but the thing is, like, it doesn't take a stance on like. That you, it, it, I guess the way I would put it is, that doesn't mean that the things he felt for Elio or any guy cannot be as strong as they were portrayed in the film just because he was 
into a girl at X point or Y point or is into girls at the same time. Um, but it, it wasn't even like when he was dancing with a the girl, there was just like, I think the first time is like him just on the dance floor, just like wobbling his arms, like dancing by himself for like 20 seconds or so. And it's just like, it's just interesting to sort of juxtapose that with how like tight and constricted that Elio feels with like, he, he's sort of like trying to like break out of this shell that he doesn't know how to. Or even how tight right. Oliver feels in some other sure. moments. Uh, yeah. But the, the funny the thing about that scene is that it's become uh, heavily gifed scene on the internet and the just for his dancing, dancing just for his dancing okay but that, that's not even the thing that stands out to me the most if it, it kind of i just thought the the look of that scene um mm-hmm. stood out to me the most and just that almost that i want i mean obviously it's shot in very pretty parts of italy and they do that well but that was just such a cool scene from a visual standpoint to me and just how they did the the colors and the lighting and that set the tone for that scene i mean i'm sure the i'm sure the song helped too but yeah. like i just thought that was such a cool looking scene you know i mean that that alone made me mad that it wasn't talked about as a possible oscar nominee for cinematography or anything like that because i was like wow i i could just like watch this scene over and over again just for the how the colors pop and yeah, that yeah, was yeah. really cool, but I, I I don't know. I agree. It's interesting thinking about the, that that character in that moment versus uh, versus Elio because he eventually Elio does kind of he does kind of loosen up too. But yeah, it is interesting the way you were talking. about Well, that's the thing is like Elio. <laughs> one of the funniest lines in the movie uh, is when you know he he's sort of like waiting for Army Hammer's character to like come home one night. I think Army Hammer skipped dinner, um, and Elio is like at this point like I think. He, he know they know that like Elio had already like admitted to him his feelings for Oliver, right? And he didn't come home for like a couple hours, and then they just Elio just goes, "Wow, traitor!" And it's like because he thinks he's like hanging out with girls, and it's so funny, just like because he doesn't like mean it that way, but it's just a funny like take on how he's like perceiving Oliver to like go out and sort of like enjoy his life, and then he thinks it's like it, it calls him a traitor for it, but um. But, I mean, Elio experiments with girls later in the movie too, right? And he's sort of like it, – it's interesting because he has like a positive experience but also sort of like comes to the realization that's not really what he wants in the moment. But he was right? like genuinely into it too. That's what yeah. I was thinking. Like, yeah, yeah. Maybe, which was – which was like, like he's just solely attracted that, to men because like, when they get yeah. back from that trip, he's like sprinting yeah. out of the car to go meet up with the girl yeah. by the pond or whatever. Yeah. yeah. But and part of it too is I think he was trying to like be impressive around his dad and right. Oliver because he's like, hey dad, I almost I almost had sex, had sex last with night. this chick last <laughs> night, and it's like, whoa, whoa, dude, you're like 17, like it's funny. So the way he's like casually over this like, you know, modern Italian breakfast, like, uh, and he's like, hey, yeah, I almost had sex. You know, takes a bite of like a fucking <laughs> egg, and he's like, eh, but I didn't. You know, next time. Could have if like, I wanted to. Yeah, I could have if I made a move. I just didn't because I was scared. Um, but yeah, even the moment when he when he does have sex with her, it's so funny and like real because he's like, you know, he's like, oh fuck, like, are you okay? Do you hate me? Whatever, right? And he's having this like moment of like panic that like is very relatable to both sexes, I'm sure. And it's just funny, uh, like sort of like first time, right? Because it's sort of like a the movie's sort of like a tale of like first romance, and it sort of happens both with a woman and with a man and I don't know. And it's like a coming of age movie at the same time. It's like, I don't know. It's just really, really, really well done. Yeah. But, uh, Michael Stuhlbarg. Yeah. So I'll, well, you want to go first there? 
I uh, no, I, I, oh, okay. I I'm just trans transitioning. Well, bond. no, so I think I think that's like another cool thing about the movie. Uh, there's obviously that final scene, but I think the bigger thing is that, in a way, even though it's just like typically a love story. I mean, it's funny you mentioned the post earlier where it's like well, everything and that's so predictable, and it's pretty cool how this movie managed to be unpredictable, and that you're kind of conditioned to whether it be in a romance or even in a romance, you're expecting some kind of big obstacle to stand in the way of any romance. Sure. But especially in a romance in a, in a about a gay love story, you would expect someone to all of a sudden come out of nowhere and take a very homophobic stance or something bad to sure. happen to the gay people. It was in another podcast that I listened to where when they were uh, when they'd already gone off on their on their trip to wherever that other Italian city is at the end of the movie, and mm-hmm. they're and they're just kind of drunkenly r- r- running around that town. Mm-hmm. Some people mm-hmm. said, "Oh, when the two gay guys are just going down the alley, you might expect a hate crime coming around the corner, sure. or something like that." That doesn't happen, and yeah. obviously, largely, the movie is trying to set you up to expect something bad um, from his parents. It's the way he feels the need to hide sure. everything, and like you said, sure. he's trying to talk about his relationships with girls to impress his dad. So they're implying, well, maybe his parents would because he maybe he knows that his parents would be very disapproving of this and that's obviously not the case and i think it's pretty cool that the movie surprises you in that way even before you get to how um really the the, the scene of the year you know yeah wait, wait, the you're talking about when Stolbarg's talking yeah, yeah, to yeah, him yeah, yeah. yeah it's it's interesting you mentioned that because someone texted me and was like oh like what do you think of that movie and i was like oh i really liked it da, 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 da. and they were like yeah, a lot of people were like saying uh, they had problems with like the age difference, and that's one. Honestly, like when I watched the movie, that didn't even occur to me one time, and I, I can sort of like understand why that would bother people, I guess. Um, but like, it's just so, it's just like such a weird thing to take from the movie. And then you mentioned the hate crime thing. I didn't even think about that either. But it actually like would have been so predictable and they're just like on this town, like running into strangers, you know, tr- being all married that they would, someone would like say something to them like negatively. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's like, it's just, it's also like such a nice feeling that you don't have to have that moment in, in the movie, yeah. like to sort of like, you know, look, this is what society doesn't necessarily like gay people. Blah, blah, blah. Like we don't, we don't need that. It's because the movie isn't even like it, commenting it, 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 on, it knows that we know that and it yeah. just doesn't need to feel the need to go there. Yeah, and 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 I I don't even think the movie is even like making social commentary on gay relationships. It's just literally telling a story about one someone. Yeah, about someone who's like trying to you know work their way through this like falling in love phase um, with like first love, and um, right. Yeah. And then the thing with Stuhlbarg in that scene, it's 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 not even necessarily. Like you said, is even in that scene where he's specifically addressing what is all kind of in a way been the elephant in the room throughout the movie. Sure. Like what are his parents going to think if they even know? Yeah. It's not. It's not taking a stance on homosexuality in that moment. It's. It's more validating what the movie was about. Where you're saying mm-hmm. it's telling the story about that one relationship. His dad. Mm-hmm. His dad saying there is value in that, even if it's something that's not going to last. Like, don't forget about it. If you just try yeah. and if you try and flush every it's, single meaningful relationship yeah. you have down the toilet, you're going to be kind of an empty vessel, and yeah. you should still take the good that came with that and hold on to that for whatever it's worth. And you can, and that's a cool message to have in the movie that could have gotten preachy about gay rights where it's like, that's not the movie this was. It shouldn't have pivoted to be that at the last second. Yeah. Agreed. Um, that, that to me is probably like my favorite scene this past year. Um, I'm probably, I, I, I want to watch the movie again, but there's like five or six other movies I need to watch too. So, um, I'm not. I'll probably get around to it before the Oscars come out. Um, and I know we're gonna do an Oscar 
podcast, yeah, yeah, yeah. but the I, fact that Stuhlbarg isn't going to win for that role is kind of crazy to me. Um, right. I don't think I've seen every single movie for the other, you know, I haven't because of three billboards, the other supporting actors, but I mean, like he, he, he's such a delight. Like he's just such a good actor. Um, yeah, and, yeah, and we it, talked about him in Shape of Water. And, he was good in Shape yeah, of Water. Um, yeah, so it, it's too bad because that, that scene is like... And it's frustrating when you think about it. I mean, you, have, you still haven't seen Three Billboards. I don't think your mind is going to be changed on that after you do. And yeah. I actually like Christopher Plummer and all the money in the world. Uh, just, I mean, but it's just still at the same time, if he's the guy that's originally cast in that movie, he's not getting nominated for the award. Um, yeah. Whereas, so it feels weird that that should be the difference between like him getting a nomination and... Michael Stolberg getting sure. a nomination when that very well Michael Stolberg is probably the odd the sixth man out of that five got those five guys in that category yeah um, so it's very unfortunate because he's, he's a guy that's put in so much work. he's been in so many movies over the last few years so yeah. many movies that have gotten Oscar nominations for various things and, and so many small roles that he hasn't like you know been even up for supporting actor like uh, a rival right he was in well, that he was, movie, the, he was but... like the worst part of that movie so I wasn't going to mention that but he's still like been around and like or yeah. or in like in Steve Jobs, um, yeah, or yeah, stuff like in, that. Like, in, in Jobs, yeah. So yeah, and and this year I, he had the, he also had the Post, and that was a smaller mm-hmm. role. But it's it seems like he's getting enough people want to work with him that I would imagine in the next few years, hopefully. Oh, you know, well, you know what he's gonna do? He's gonna he's gonna he's gonna eventually get a best, and and in five years he's gonna get like the best ask, Oscar nomination for playing Sam Hinkie in the Sixers movie because he looks a lot like Sam Hinkie. Dude, I don't know if you've ever that'd put be those, fucking lit. I don't dude. know if you ever put them their pictures side by side. Um, no, I, I have I actually have Stillbar's picture up right now. He does he does look like Sam Hinkie. Yeah, a bit. so like, I I remember arguing with like a some kind of one a TV critic or a film critic who when because that gets talked about like more on Sixers Twitter, but on like other Twitter too. Like I people joke about like the Sixers being a movie because it's been such a big story in basketball. And so, a couple times people have joked about who would be cast to play Sam Hinkie, and someone's like, "Well, Steve Carell." And I was like, "No, like here's a side by side of him and Sam <laughs> Hinkie." And they're like, yeah. and, and then person's like, "No, we're trying to get this movie made." Fair enough. <laughs> Steve Carell's a bigger star, but you can make you can make it as an indie, uh, and he's like a dead ringer for uh, Sam Hinkie. Uh, so yeah. that, that that he's got that role in the bag when he wants it, and then he'll get his Oscar nomination then. But yes, he should have had it here. Carell can play uh, Colangelo. <laughs> Sure. Uh, I mean, yeah. Uh, or you can just play like any other old white guy in the mix. But uh, yeah. that I want, I want, I want Stillbar. I think he could pull it off. Just the mannerisms that I've seen him doing other things, and uh, Hinky has a very specific way of acting. And I, I think, I think that would be I, that. That has to happen. I mean, we know there's gonna be a documentary about the Sixers. I just, I, yeah. I, 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 if there's the movie though, uh, c- casting dude, uh, hit me up. I, I, I I'll, I'll, I'll connect the dots for you. Um, <laughs> But uh, but yeah, uh, like I, I think I think we agree like that'll that'll probably be the scene of the year. But then I mean we could talk about the, all the technical aspects of the film in a little bit. But um, what did you think of the, the like the last like five minutes, and then uh, plus the credits, like how it kind of I mean it ahead. was it was amazing. Yeah, I thought it was really 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 well done, mm-hmm. and it's sort of like it's sort of an extension of what. Stuhlbarg is giving is telling him in that speech because like he, he obviously is still feeling it right and it's one of those things where it's just sort of expressing like you know nothing is really like your first love and it's something that is not forgettable and if it is easily forgettable then it probably didn't like mean as much as, as you thought in the in the time at the time and then like the last, I mean, just like I, I stayed through the whole credits and like I, it was one of those things where like you don't really want to because it's like 
it makes you feel like shit, but also like it makes you feel good that you're like able to watch someone convey like this kind of emotion without saying anything. Yeah, it's well the other thing it's also that he's not a blubbering complete mess. Sure. And I think that's a pretty important yeah. that they modulated it like that yeah. because he's matured enough to have understood that it's not the end of the world. If he thought it was the end of the world, he'd be like a crying, blubbering mess, but it's obviously affected him. But he's still, yeah. he's still probably taken what his dad said to heart in that moment. Cause it's yeah. obvious that he hasn't, he hasn't buried it away in some other compartmentalized it in some other part of his mind, never to think of it again. Like it obviously yeah. still means something to him. And the emotion that's going across his face conveys that, yes, it means something to him and he's processing yeah. it and he's kind of upset, but he's not, He's not like I mean more than kind of upset. <laughs> right, but it's not like he got like dumped at the altar either. Sure. You know what I mean? Like it's sure. it's it's somewhere short of that and I think it's acknowledging the fact that he's upset about it and he understands that this means something to him and it's sad, but at the same time like the world's not going to end because of it. Right. And I think yeah. I I think it is and, and for him to hit that sure, it's closer to he's not like he's, he's not showing any emotion, but like I'm saying, yeah. he's showing a good middle ground if you will and i think that's probably yeah. harder to pull off than if they had just said throw a crying fit yeah um and, and it's equally as important that he sort of has that conversation in the phone call with oliver right um because you know oliver calls and he's like i'm getting married and it's like you sort of have that two or three second like pause from both people because you don't know how the other person's going to react. Right. And I feel like if you're on Oliver's side of that phone call, like that's such a hard thing to, to just like say, right. Like out of context, he just calls this person that, you know, he had this like very serious, very deep like connection with. And, you know, you're telling that person, Hey, I'm getting married to someone else. And it's like, Hey, it's interesting because it's like, you know, Oliver's character feels that well I guess we don't know right because it's not really Oliver's movie but it's possible that he sort of feels the need to marry a woman to sort of maintain this image right in 19 in the 1980s right he hints at his family um, um, yeah exactly yeah I think earlier in the movie when they were talking about their family whatever and then you have this sort of like reaction from Timothy Chalamet's character who has to sort of like swallow in this like deep yeah like congrats you know and he has to like be positive about it but then you know they have their moment of like closure i guess where you know he's like i miss you and then he's like i miss you and they do the name thing um and i think it's important like for those characters because it sort of like affirms their relationship right like it wasn't just in the moment kind of thing it's like six seven months later they both like acknowledge that it was serious and they have feelings for each other and they miss each other but time to move on kind of thing yeah uh so apparently the book because uh, you know it's based on mm-hmm. a book f- mm-hmm. follows these characters like p- well past this point mm-hmm. and i don't know how serious he is if he's like joking about it but guadagnino said he wants to like make sequels uh oh. yeah i don't know if I, I don't i didn't know if you'd seen that anywhere it, it could jump far enough that they'd be doing it with different actors i don't know if that's something you'd be interested in, I guess it'd almost be in a way like a, like a, something like the before series maybe or something mm-hmm. like that. Would you be yeah. into that? That's what, I, as soon as you said that, that's what I thought of because yeah. those movies are, I think those movies are, are, are a good like comparison to sort of like, it's not really about the plot. It's just about like this budding romance of these two characters and like how they interact on a day to day basis. Um, but I don't know. It's, it, 
this like that that series actually sort of like has a reason to make sequels, I guess, more so than I feel like this does. I don't know. I feel like we had. I feel like it. It just feels like it would be so hard to to reach this again, right? And if you can't make it better, then like it, there's almost. I don't want to say no point, but like this is such a good solo film that I'm not sure that you need to make. But I, again, like you said, people I, might people might have thought the same thing after Before Sunrise, though. Sure. Um, and I thought since Sunset's my favorite of the movies. But it's like at that point, like after Sunset, it's like, OK, well, if these people are going to have a family. Then that gives you something to follow um, yeah. here. It's like, who knows? I don't I have no idea where, what, what actually happens yeah. in that part of the book. But it's, it's yeah, it's, that's it's, the it's thing, an, right? It's, it's, we don't know the, a, like what happens. Yeah. Where they would even be. It's an interesting thing to, I guess, kind of think about. But yeah, I, I, I kind of just wanted to get your thoughts on that because I, I, I'd seen a couple things about that. But then I saw a longer, longer article about it today. Um, yeah. it's nowhere like, it's not like this, it's, it's like a movie that's been greenlit. Guadagnino's just like said, no, I want to do it. But he's a guy that's like, he's actually a pretty busy dude that has like others that's been like pretty prolific in making a various things. So not, yeah. it's not something that's going to happen in the next two years, but it could, it could end up being a, a before type thing or where they, I mean, knows? I'm sure I'd, I'm sure I'd watch it. Right. Like I haven't seen any of his other movies, but I think it would probably be worth going back to watch one or two of them. Just, the guy, I guess he's, he's only directed like three or four. Yeah. And the guy, the guy, the guy that uh, wrote this, the, uh, James Ivory again, he's like 88, 89 years old. So yeah, next one might be written by uh, true. Uh, a different one. Um, the, have you ever, the, the, his next movie that's coming out later this year, it's a, um, it's a classical horror movie. It's, it's a remake of the classical horror movie, Suspiria. Got, um, got Guadagnina. Yeah. It's already filmed. Oh. Um, a young American ballerina comes to train at the prestigious German Dance Academy and uncovers the school's dark and menacing secrets, starring Chloe Grace Moretz, uh, Dakota Johnson, and Tilda Swinton. Tilda, Tilda Swinton was the star of uh, A Bigger Splash. Uh, and I guess this is the kind of th- – I'm, I'm excited for Chloe uh, to go off on a tangent because, I mean, working with a cool director, and she dropped out of the Little Mermaid movie. She actually did some cool yeah. stuff, did a movie that just premiered at yeah. Sundance that's also kind of about – gay conversion therapy place uh good for her but uh his his imdb actually says announced for call me by your name sequel oh i didn't see that or maybe it was that under producing or something instead of no under director wait what what was at the top right there oh i don't know it says call me by your name sequel announced for guadagnino oh oh, uh, yeah i missed that because it was like below the other two okay uh who knows we'll see uh what else about this movie, though? Uh, the music. Uh, yeah, so you're probably. I mean, I didn't know who Sue John Stevens was before this. I'm sure, <laughs> I, I'm, sure, I'm sure you did. So, did you know going in that he's the guy that did the music for this movie? What, I, I had no idea. Like, I really didn't know. I watched its trailer maybe one time and just seen like critical reception on it on Twitter or movie websites. Um, yeah. Since it came out, uh, but as soon as I heard, I think the first one they played was "Futile Devices," which is a song I already knew. Um, and then I think he has two or three other songs on well, Mystery the... of Love's the one that got nominated for the Oscar, and I, yeah. I wasn't sure. Is that the original one? I think that's well, the original. Well, I wasn't sure, because like, no, I heard a couple different sure. things. If it was like a, um, if it was like a compilation of a couple other things he'd done before, if it was new, yeah. but I guess it, it, it was new enough that it got put in original song. Yeah. And, um, the, the one that plays over the credits is called, uh, I think, Visions of Visions Gideon. Visions of Gideon, yeah. That was the other one people thought might get nominated, but yeah. Mystery of Love was the end of the one that getting it. So what, what, yeah. what, what, what about, I mean, what about it? How did that enhance the movie for you? Man, it, it's hard because it's not just him because they have other music, right? Because Chalamet is playing music throughout the movie and they have like this sort of like classical uh, music vibe going on. But as far as Sufjan goes, like, 
man, I don't know. His music just has this like this this like sound and this tone of like it just fits romance and love like so well and especially like the way that he sings and it sort of like matches the delicacy of the film and the emotions right um definitely and and i don't know it just seemed like i didn't i didn't know that he 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 was gonna have songs in it and then when his songs came on like they just felt like almost like perfectly scored right um and for a movie that's not really about music, I think that's, I, I want to say like kind of rare that, that it has such a, cause like something like guardians, right. It's not really, it's not really the same. Cause they're sort of like playing these like cool songs over like cool action scenes. Right. It's, it's less about the emotion. It's more, just, it. it's um, just more just like getting you, uh, getting you jazzed. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and this to go is along like, with that action. Yeah. And this is sort of like, you know, it has to play music that's sort of, enhances the moment and it's like these moments are so good and the fact that they can be enhanced by music i think says a lot about the music and a lot about like the choice that was made and sort of the message that wants to be uh sent by the director or the actors etc um so yeah I, I i thought it was really really good um i've I, as soon as i think when i was driving home from the movie i just put on sufyan for like 25 minutes I don't know. Who the, I don't know if he was responsible for the score parts of it, where it was like yeah. you know that would kind of kick off scenes. I don't, mm-hmm. and you, you know, the, it was like the same interlude throughout a few yeah. different times. Sure. Like that yeah. stuff was like that was pretty cool, and I think went with the moods at the times where there's where, there's, where they're starting off on some of those bike trips or anything like yeah, that. Yeah, 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 sure. I thought it, I, I thought it felt appropriate too. I don't know if that was him or someone else, um, a different type of composer somewhere. I'm not. I haven't really looked yeah. into it that much, but but yeah, I thought. I really enjoyed it too, and I agree with what you said. But I wanted you to talk about that because uh, you're, <laughs> yeah. you're, you're more qualified to talk about music yeah. than me. Um, yeah. It, so yeah. It's just interesting, right? Like we saw probably 12 months ago, uh, around to this day, right? We're talking about La La Land, and like that movie. You know, it's like, wow, this is movie's gonna have such a good soundtrack and original songs, and da da da, and like you ju- you just feel so much more emotion well, and you're listening to songs like this than in La La Land. I'd argue, like, I'd actually argue that La La Land had um, a, as many good songs as this. The problem is La La Land's a musical, so it should have more than like two really memorable songs. Sure, um, I guess. Like, I mean, I, I actually, I mean, I like City of Stars and I like the song that she sings at the end, but like, sure, that's a musical. Like, you should have more than just, and I'm sure, I mean, well, I don't even want to say we're in the minority on that because I think a lot of people are came around on being kind of like eh on La La Land, but sure. a lot of people probably like the musical aspects of it too more than us. But it, they had two good songs, whereas like Soup John had the two songs here that were up for the Oscar. I think he had three. Okay, though. three. But yeah, it's yeah. like La La Land's a musical. It's all about the music. Uh, yeah. Call Me by Your Name shouldn't have as many good songs as it. Um, yeah. But it, but it yeah. does. But it does. Yeah, I I totally get where you're coming from, and <laughs> and that's the thing is I was just trying to like, but like let me ask you this. Uh, and I, this is kind of going off on a tangent, but so like to me, I felt more during, uh, say, the, when Mystery of Love is playing in the middle than I did during any of like the peak of La La Land's music or like emotional tension. In that oh, movie. for sure, for sure. It, it makes – if we're talking about how the songs um, – Yeah, because like the there movie. are two or three that I like from La La Land. Yeah, if we're talking about the th- quality of the songs, that's what I was talking about before. If we're just talking yeah. about how they're utilized to enhance yeah. what you're feeling in yeah. the moment of that particular yeah. film, like – Yeah. I mean, yeah, of course, and part of that's okay. also just on the underlying writing of the characters. Sure, this, of course. All that relationship stuff we were talking yeah. about earlier, that's the stuff yeah. that La La Land did very poorly and. Yeah. Uh, you can't really enhance how you're feeling about the story of the lo- romance going on on screen if you don't put in the work beforehand, and that's what this movie yeah. does so well. And it, 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 the music go hand in hand in that regard. Yeah. Um, so they they have like 
the only other thing I really feel like we need to talk about for Call Me By Your Name is like the the lady who plays his mom and the lady who plays um, his like pseudo girlfriend. Like they're both really really good, and I've never seen them in anything else. Um, they're not like famous in the United States, but yeah, the, I, I, they added literally every scene they were in. They added something to it, so. Yeah, the person that plays the girl is uh, Esther she, Gorel, really that, Yeah, that Mar- Martia. Yeah. yeah, she's 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 French. I don't know what the mom was. Yeah. Um, but I actually thought they could have. I mean, not that the mom needed to have a scene like the Michael Stilbark scene, but they could have given her even more to do. Just heavy yeah. material. Uh, but yeah. she, she well, was so, very good. Well, she she gets the scene where he she, calls her and he's crying, and she, they drive home together, and they don't say anything. But it's yeah, she 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 has nice quiet moments. Yeah, yeah, she's actually British. Um, but yeah. Uh, but the but the girl that plays his uh the Marcia, his right. other love and the girl that plays Martia um she has uh she has way, way more heavier she has heavier moments where she's like mm-hmm. talking on the uh, conversely and she's really yeah. good she's not just like some wailing uh crying heartbroken <laughs> yeah. girl she's actually really yeah. strong and she's upset but she's strong in those yeah. moments in a way that's yeah. interesting as opposed to being the bro- broken hearted little girl that loses composure yeah yeah um. And, and and you know it's it's interesting because like it's off screen, but she sort of has this like character arc, right? That sort of ha- has a climax where she sort of comes to understand Elio and like what he's going through too. And she's sort of like, cause like you could probably argue that she's going through her like first love romance too, right? Yeah. But we're looking at it from his perspective instead of her perspective, which is just what the movie is. But yeah, but she doesn't. I don't think she knows any idea what's going on with him and Oliver. Yeah. But but she's but she's like you know she has the scene where she's like I don't know if I should trust you I think you're gonna break my heart kind of thing right which I'm sure you know is something we've seen before and it, it has like a sense of realism to it and then you know he ends up breaking her heart but she doesn't like you know she deals with the pain and then she sort of like comes to terms with it and they have their closure moment too so it, it, it's it's interesting because I don't know it's just it, it, there's like not really many details that go that go unnoticed like everything has a purpose in this movie yeah. uh did you want to talk about the peach or no <laughs> i mean it, it's funny right Cause, so i went with sky to see the movie and I, I think we were playing xbox i was like hey man i'm about to go see a movie he's like oh what are you gonna go see and i told him i was like you probably like won't want to watch it and he was like i uh, no, i'll go i'll go i was like okay he said he watched the trailer right so as soon as we got out of the movie, he goes, yo, I watched the trailer for like 10 seconds. It's all like Italian people in the kitchen. I had no idea what the movie was going to be about. <laughs> and he was like, <laughs> he was like, he was like, uh, he was like, no, like I really liked it. It was really good. I was just like taken aback and like, you know, um, I, like he's like, I don't know how that movie's like not X-rated. Like he was like, if there was like heterosexual shit going on, I would be like, this is like porno. And I was like, I was like, yeah, I like. It I actually wasn't. It, there, there, there wasn't actually. I mean, it it could have been more graphic and still been rated R. Sure. Like they, they didn't actually yeah. show a lot of their sex. Sure. Uh, they sure. kind of pan the camera off to the right. Sure. They, they, the stuff with the peach was obviously yeah. like, I, pretty explicit. I, yeah, I will say, I will say, like. We both were like sort of like grabbing each other's shoulders at, at that moment. Like, God, please don't do this. Like, please don't do this. Um, and, and it's not even it's not even like a heterosexual thing. It's just like it's uncomfortable. You know, it's just uncomfortable yeah, in general. A little bit. But you, you know, yeah. it's, you know it's, I don't know what it says about me, but what made me more uncomfortable in that moment was just the way he was like dripping the fruit all over his bed. Bro, yeah. It's that like, was it's like I'm like, 
Dude, like, are you? Well, I guess he, it's more just like his uh, bachelor pad, I guess, where he just like yeah. brings the girl and he wants to hook up and stuff. But it's like, yeah. man, I, I, I'm like so anal. If I've like sweated all during the day, yeah, I have to like go take a shower before I get in my bed. I just like, yeah. So then to like have him presumably be in like pouring yeah. fruit juice all over the place right yeah. now, that actually made me more uncomfortable than him yeah. fucking the peach. <laughs> yeah, it's funny because he, he was like, you know, scavenging the peach with his fingernails. And I think I don't. I, I was like, I was like, dude, just get a napkin or something, please. Like I was like. But because you don't know what's going on before that, right? I, I, like, I, I knew it, it had been talked about. Oh, but, uh, well, I had no idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was just like, oh, like, dude, like, just get a napkin. Like, stop like eating a peach like this, and then you're like, oh, yeah, this is where it's going. Oh, but, 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 but what's um, funny is, I mean, like, it's been joked about in the press a lot, and, and uh, Timmy Chalamet has been pretty charming and funny when he's talked about it and stuff. But yeah. it, I think it does go back a little bit to what we were talking about earlier than that. Um, he isn't as emotionally mature as Oliver, and that scene is a nice scene when Oliver comes in afterward, and he, mm-hmm. he connects all the dots, and Elio's still dating himself because he's yeah. still figuring all this stuff out, yeah. and Oliver is – he's caring and kind yeah. in that moment instead of shaming him, and I think yeah. it's actually a pretty nice scene. Yeah, yeah, just one of, one of many nice scenes, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I mean I, I really don't know what else there is to say about this movie. It's – it, it's just really well made in every aspect. Um, I mean, it's pretty. It, I think it says a lot that we. This is. I, I'd say this might be the longest non-superhero action movie podcast that we've ever done, and it, for just two people. Um, like when we have more than one, when we have a guest or two, it'll obviously make it run longer. But the mm-hmm. fact that this is going on, I, I, I can't think of off the top of my head another movie that wasn't like a Marvel movie that the two of yeah. us talked about for this long, and on top of that. It's a movie that's largely about people just lounging around outside yeah, and talking. So not really a plot. So I think that shows how well made and structured it is that we found that much to discuss with it when it's yeah. that that's the nature of it. Yeah. So yeah, like I, I I don't even know if I can say that we've spoiled anything because like you can't really spoil like the emotions that you'll feel, the things that you'll feel when you watch the movie. So like if you're this far and you we didn't really give away it, any major plot points because nothing yeah. really like happens plot wise, like you said, it's just about yeah. these people. Yeah. So like, if you if you're this far and you haven't seen it, like, just go watch it. You're really gonna like it. And uh, yeah, uh, that's that's about it. You have anything else to say about the movie, Josh? Nope. Um. Uh. Hopefully. Uh. Uh, Mike, Michael Stuhlbarg gets his due when he plays when he in the, in the process movie and uh, yeah and uh, everyone should uh, if you go see it you can angrily tweet about how he should have been nominated and make yeah. people feel just, bad that they didn't and, vote for or him. instead of that just retweet my tweet and get my uh, my social media cloud up there you, there, there you go there you go but uh, yeah um, good movie go see it <laughs> yeah so if you guys want to uh, talk with us on social media you can find us on Twitter uh, Josh what's your at at Josh Chernovoy, J-O-S-H-J-U-R-N-O-V-O-I. And the podcast Twitter is at 52in52pod. Uh, and you can find me at a Clambake, A-K-L-A-M-B-A-K-E. Podcast email 52in52pod at gmail.com. Uh, thank you guys for listening. Uh, go support this movie, and we'll see you guys next time. <laughs>